All righty. I said I was ready and then I wasn't. I have to open up the uh, open up the document where I keep track of stuff. Hopefully it's not the points. We're going to get that to Erica, right? <laughs> well, I try and keep track <laughs> of the points, but... Vince McMahon is going to love this. It did not go over well then. I hate it. I hate it so much. You have three points, sir. I always like to chime in. Thank you for asking. It involved pee. Vince is probably laughing his tits off. Break glass in case of pee joke. He was brought in to the WWE to be shit on. Drug-free urine. (laughs) It is terrible. Welcome, everybody, to the greatest wrestling podcast on Earth. It's true. The One Fall Show. This show scheduled for one fall with a uh, 60-minute time limit is a game show that is also a wrestling discussion. My name is Chuck Bean. I'm your host, and I am joined uh, this week by the returning Erica Bennis. Erica, welcome back. Apparently, it's uh, a welcome sound to have me here because, uh, uh, look, forgive me. I didn't go back to and listen to last week's episode, but... Uh, you done messed up, apparently, kid. What happened? I thought I did all right, but our panelists may have a different opinion on that. Joining us is uh, Mr. Shawnee Constant. Hey, everybody. I was the beneficiary of your bad math, uh, despite my loss in the game, so I will let it slide. <laughs> I'm digging you've got the uh, John Cena headband on today. That's great. Yes, sir. Never give up. Uh, also joined by Mr. Justin Valentine. I was not the beneficiary of your bad math, and yes, you done messed up last week. Welcome back, Erica, with wide open arms. And uh, we are joined by, once again, our champion, uh, the unstoppable Mr. Nate Bender. That is right, Chuck. I am uh, thrilled to be here, thrilled that Erica is back, uh, because I was also not the beneficiary of your bad math, but it did not stop my reign. I am still the one fall show undisputed intermetaversal podcast champion. We'll see if we can't knock Nate off of that uh, mountain this week with our, uh, with our show. If you haven't listened before our uh, show consists of three rounds, each round has three questions in it. The questions are worth one point, two point and three points respectively. Correct answers, net a player full points. But if a player is unsure of an answer, an entertaining incorrect answer can also net the player points based on the judge's discretions uh each player's got a count of five to answer the question and the winner of the previous week's show gets to start this one so nate as usual you get first round pick do you want to uh talk about raw and smackdown do you want to talk about nxt and AEW? or do you want to talk about news and notes from around the ring let's go ahead and start off in the wednesday night war Sounds good. And this week was a fantastic week for that Wednesday Night War as we had uh, NXT's Great American Bash against uh, Fighter Fest over on the AEW channel. For question one, let's check out NXT's Great American Bash. The first match at the Great American Bash uh, Night One was a fatal four-way for the number one contendership of the NXT Women's Champion. Who won that match? Tegan Knox. Wow, with uh, with fire, didn't even have to give him a five count. Tegan Knox, that's correct. Knocking off my girl Dakota Kai uh, last, which I was a little bit disappointed that Dakota didn't go over. 
Yeah, what do we all think about this uh, particular? I thought the match was fantastic. I think Tegan Knox as a uh, as a number one contender is refreshing and an, a new face. But uh, I'm not sure if I see her dethroning Io Shirai. What do you guys think? I think that's a good assessment. Um, I think that Tegan is, you know, like her rivalry with Dakota Kai was what sort of brought me into NXT or was like at least on the card around the time that I started watching NXT. So I I I like both of these talents quite a bit. Um, I, I don't quite see Tegan Knox as a champion, though. Uh, a lot of people said the same thing about Io Shirai. So, you know, uh, what do I know? Yeah, I think Dakota Kai was the predictable choice in this match, and I think that's why she did not win. When you're in a Wednesday night war, you want to kind of spice things up. I think Tegan Knox, it's like you said, Chuck, a refreshing new face in the title picture. I think the long-term plans for the title picture is a rivalry between Io Shirai and uh, Dakota Kai. But I think for now, at least one match, title match with Tegan Knox involved is good for NXT. And again, just takes a little bit of the predictability away from the show. I think Io Shirai really won her title with some emphasis. And I would be surprised if any of the women that were in this particular match are ready to take her on. Uh, I think that she's going to have a little bit of a longer reign. And it, it could be a hell of a match, though. Man, Tegan Knox has had to keep coming back from some things, right? Yeah, she's had a couple of injuries there. Erica, did you have anything to uh, say about this? Uh, you guys kind of covered everything that I kind of wanted to cover. So way to go. Way to leave me with nothing. Thank you, gentlemen. It's <laughs> <laughs> what we're here for. Well, we've got Nate on the board with one point, so we'll continue with the Wednesday Night War. Nate, the best friends made their entrance to Night One of Fighter Fest, being driven by the ring by Trent's mom. What's Trent's mom's name? Oh, Jesus. Um, that is incorrect, sir. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't have any idea. All right, we'll move, uh, we'll move this question over to Mr. Justin Valentine. Justin, what is Trent's mom's name from Best Friends? Sue! <laughs> that, is, that is correct. This this entrance was fantastic. What did we all? Uh, what are some of you guys' favorite humorous entrances from uh, professional wrestling history? Oh man! Uh, first of all, yes, I thought this was amazing to throw in for it being the main event and everything. It was awesome. I mean, and it kind of gave me the vibe that they weren't going to win because they gave them that pushover. So even though they lost, they're still being talked about. I don't know about humorous, but it just you know. AEW's been using people driving up in cars. FTR showed up in the car and everything. Eddie Guerrero's lowrider was always number one for me. That dude coming out and just anytime he had Vince McMahon or someone who was not comfortable in the lowrider and he would be extra in it while driving out, that was always fantastic to watch. Uh, you know, I can't think of too many humorous entrances that that top my list. Although I will say that I did get a big kick out of Chuck Taylor's mom texting him the next day what the fuck i've got a car <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> uh one member of ftr threatened to have their mother uh beat up uh sue's sue it's getting <laughs> ugly out there folks it's gonna be a mom fight fighter fest is gonna be capped off with a mom battle royal let's continue 
Justin's got two points on the board in the lead and uh, is in control of the round. So we'll finish out the uh, Wednesday Night War with you, Justin. On this week's episode of Dynamite, Taz made a reference to WWE's past lax COVID testing by calling them what? A sloppy shop. That is correct for three points. Do you think uh, that should not be a three point question? I was considering making that my nickname this week. (laughs) (laughs) It is. It is probably kind of an easy answer because we've all were talking about it on Twitter. But uh, how do we feel about this? This shot across the bow from AEW to WWE. Look, I think for the sake of being talked about, yes, of course. Anytime you take a shot at your rival brand, it's always going to be talked about. When Sami Zayn brought up AEW on WWE television way back when, it was talked about a lot. Overall, though, with the seriousness of this situation, I wouldn't have done it, to be honest with you. Also, it came out the next day that AEW wasn't 100% safe when it comes to their testing. So that also made the moment look a little bad. Uh, But again, if you want to get talked about, the easiest way to do it is to take a shot at your rival brand, especially when you're taking a shot at WWE or Vince McMahon. Easy target. But this is this is the one thing that the Wednesday Night War has not had that the Monday Night War had in spades and drew a ton of eyeballs doing it. So I think that this is, you know, on the one hand, yes, it's a bit cavalier. I also think it's really, really smart. They shouldn't go to like, WCW levels of shooting on your competition. But I think if you control the way that it's done, I mean, Taz being a, a being the messenger here was everything because, you know, t- so much of Taz's career is owed to WWE. However, he has that history in ECW before going to WWF and WWE. So that is the perfect messenger to deliver something like this. Yeah, Taz was the perfect delivery messenger because he he didn't wink. There was no nod. He didn't say, uh, you know, a sloppy shop like he just he just laid it out there and everybody on Twitter immediately knew what it was. And it created a spontaneous eruption of excitement, which is so hard to do without an audience. I thought that was awesome. Do you think? like the young bucks and Cody knew going out there, he was going to, he, he was obviously going to reference it, but do you think they knew the sloppy shop line was coming? Do you think that was kind of like a suplex city spur of the moment thing on Taz? I got to think because it didn't come from a Cody or a Jericho that it was mentioned backstage. Um, I think Cody Rhodes or Chris Jericho could get away with going out and ad limbing and throwing jabs. Nothing against Taz. Obviously, Taz is a veteran and everything, but he's not higher up in the rankings of AEW. So I think with I think it was at least mentioned. I don't think he needed permission per se, but I think he just gave them the heads up. By the way, I got this line. This is what I'm going right. to say. Or someone told him to say it. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna halfway agree with that. Um. What we know about AEW and the way that they kind of book collectively, um, I don't think that the exact verbiage of every promo is being run through Tony Khan or the Young Bucks or uh, Cody. I think that it's sort of, you know, more old school wrestling people are given an idea of what their promo is going to be, or they give the office an idea of what the promo is going to be, and they go out there and do it. I would imagine because Taz is such a pro that he probably would have given the office a heads up 
they he probably would have given the higher up hires up uh, a heads up that this kind of line was coming or this kind of shoot was coming. But again, I don't think it's it's, you know, a situation where everything is is being run through a filter. Yeah, we're all working off assumptions, but that's my impression as well. You know, it is something of a of a shot. So he probably said, hey, this is where I'm looking to go. Maybe they had a little writer's room moment where they said, well, what do we call it? Or maybe he came with it. But I would think that as a professional, he would say, hey, I am going to take this shot. And I would assume that everyone said, well, yeah, you know, it's again delivered so well. Yeah. But it, and it's also perfect for the situation, too, where Mox is laid up for another two weeks because, uh, you know, he's married to Renee, who's a part of the WWE locker room and has tested positive for COVID-19. Like all of those ducks were right in place for this. And it, it, it worked perfectly. Yes, it was a punctuation that made a very good promo memorable beyond even the average very good promo. Yeah. Can I chime in? Uh, Please do. I do have to take issue, however, with what Justin said in so far as I'm sure he's referring to fans being in attendance or at least additional people being attendance at uh, Daly's place. Um, all those people had to sign like affidavit saying that they did not have any symptoms, that they hadn't been in, in touch with anybody with COVID. Um, I believe masks were in, put into place there. They were socially distanced in the upper bowl. None of those people were allowed near wrestlers. So I don't understand what, you know, if, if that's what you think is unsafe, that's really nitpicking AEW because WWE hasn't done any testing or at least significant testing up until like getting busted with so many cases. So could you elaborate, Justin? My pleasure. Uh, yeah, no, I think because they can't and obviously coincidentally it comes out the day after Taz does this promo that it came out that the people people in the upper bowl were not tested so that caused the problem of them be even though they were separate from the wrestlers and were not the ones right down by the ring but the fact that it was told that everyone's tested at least in AEW in the crowd and this was not the case and of course it comes up because Taz brought up the sloppy shop so, I mean, it just comes down to the fact that, and, and I'm not at all defending WWE. We know WWE has messed up majorly during these times when it comes to testing and being safe. But again, I, I and the way I said it on social media is everybody needs to get it right. Taking shots at each other, I like it. But when it comes to this, I don't think either company has fully got it right when it comes to this. And I think that everybody just needs to get it right because this isn't anything to mess around with. No, I totally agree. But I think trying to throw AEW under the bus, considering that they're in an open air facility, they're not locked into the performance center. There's like, you can't even compare the two at this point. So like, yeah, I get it. You want to hold everyone accountable, but like, it's not even close. Like, come on, be real. Well, give us some points, Erica. We're only in the uh, end of our first round. Who's in the lead? In the lead, uh, coming out of the Wednesday Night War is uh, Justin with five points, followed by Nate with one. Shawnee has yet to get on the board, but I am fairly confident that will change shortly. Absolutely. Shawnee, we'll give you a first pick at the next round. Do you want to talk about Raw and SmackDown, or do you want to talk about the news and notes? Talk about Raw and SmackDown. All right. 
Starting with question one here, which WWE superstar is reportedly leaving the company in the near future and being written off TV? Oh, no, the Sky Princess. What is her name? It's going to be one of those Shawnee moments. Um, nope. Come on, popcorn break. <laughs> <laughs> You're so close. You definitely no, have I can the, tell uh, you all about her, uh, but uh, I'm not going to be able to remember her name. That's just a uh, symptom of what ails me, sir. All right. Well, let's move on to uh, let's move on to Nate. Nate, uh, who is who's leaving the WWE and getting written off TV here that we're talking about? That would be Kyrie Sane. Yes, that is correct. Uh, do you guys think uh, when she goes back to Japan, is she completely done with being in the ring or is she just done with getting injured by uh, Nia Jax? So w- the rumor that I'm hearing is that she's going to go back to Japan, wrestle for one more year and then retire. So if that's the case, I think that would be really good. That way she can kind of redeem her run in WWE where I, I don't think that she was ever given a, an opportunity to really shine as a part of the Kabuki warriors. And then she got like, what, like three singles matches on raw where she got injured in two of them. It's been a disappointing run for someone who absolutely ruled nxt so whatever she ends up doing i hope that we get more Kyrie sane in some form yeah i think whether she wrestles immediately for one more year or waits a little bit i think she's doing this to give herself a little break i think yeah she, her run was absolutely handled the wrong way but i also am not 100 percent convinced that this isn't directly aimed at the fact that nia Jax they refuse to handle her and figure her out get her to calm down in the ring and stop injuring people. Kyrie Zane multiple times has been the victim of that, and she probably got sick of it, added on to the fact that, along with Asuka, Kyrie Zane was just as entertaining in the Kabuki Warriors. We know what she could do, given the correct push, but then Asuka becoming champion has made Kyrie Zane from her tag team partner to her sidekick, and she is way better than that. Yeah. yeah I've never been the biggest Kyrie Zane fan, as my inability to remember her name indicates. Um, but no, I think that she definitely earned a much better opportunity than than she ultimately got. Uh, she came in with a lot of fire. People were much more excited than I was about her. And I recognized that that was a good, positive, genuine excitement. And it, it is too bad that we have yet another, uh, particularly, I, I think, the Japanese signees, um, you know, who essentially have to uproot their entire lives to then just get trapped in this lower mid-card situation in WWE. It's always a bummer. All right. We're moving on to the second question here. Uh, Justin, I believe you got that one correct. No, no it was I got that one correct. <laughs> hey, I have a hard time keeping track of these things. You're going to get me in trouble with that, so don't get me yelled at. You got to get that right. <laughs> All right. All right. Erica's had enough. She's like, oh, <laughs> she's back. <laughs> <laughs> she's out. I think she's resetting her uh, her video settings in the hopes that it'll it'll help. All right, Nate. Question two: The WWE reportedly want the NXT UK champion Walter to join the main roster, but it's unlikely that it'll happen. Why is that? He refused his main roster call up. Um, he doesn't want. I, it, I don't think he wants to move stateside. Is is I think the real reason. That's what I've got here. Yeah, yeah. So that that'll score you some points right here. Walter doesn't want to move to the United States. Uh considering how NXT call-ups have panned out historically, we just got done talking about Kyrie Sane. Do you guys think Walter should even entertain the idea of being called up? No. 
he made the absolute right decision here. He's he uh, he is being used in a. I mean, to be honest, we haven't seen him on TV in quite a while, but uh, I think NXT is going to use a, a guy like him uh, way better than the main roster. I mean, it, listen, if the main roster is screwing up Shayna Baszler, then there is some serious problems with your talent feeder system. Um, I, at this point, I honestly, you know, I, there was a, I, I, I think last week on the show, uh, I threw out a list of names that I thought could do a main roster call up. Uh, I no longer think that I don't uh, like the main roster is almost d- definitely going to ruin people's careers. So I would recommend anyone who's in NXT stay there as long as you can. Yeah, I for some reason when NXT stars get called up to WWE, no matter how entertaining they were in NXT, they just refuse to develop them into a serious part of the main roster show. Uh, WWE continues to build the same people. Do those same people deserve to be in the main events and stuff? Sure. But it's always good to have that camaraderie and the challenges and other good mid-card matches that a Finn Balor could have been a part of, right? A Shanna Baszler for the women's division. And it just continues. So guys like Walter, Adam Cole, Keith Lee, stay in NXT because it, it, we're scared to bring you to WWE at this point because I don't want to see a Lee, Cole, Walter be lost in the middle of a mid-card. Totally agree. Yeah, before he ever signed to NXT, I remember hearing him in a podcast say explicitly that he didn't think he would ever see himself as a WWE wrestler because he didn't want to commit to the WWE lifestyle that was required. Now, they must have really worked directly with him in order to get the whole NXT UK thing and then working him over to working in the Performance Center. But, you know, if you were still of the mindset, I don't really want to get sucked into the the full-time lifestyle of the WWE, why would now be the time that you change your mind? You know, no, I'm going to come to live in America permanently where there's absolutely no, uh, no public or governmental agreement on how we should handle a coronavirus. We have no idea when the touring is going to start again and how that's going to work. Uh, if my thought was, I like my home, I really don't want to leave it for this thing. I sure wouldn't want to be leaving it for this thing now in this world. Like, uh, good for him for making, you know, for standing by what he believes and for having set up his life in a way where he's finding some satisfaction and he doesn't need to go chase after that, that bigger pond. Erica, are we all in agreement that, uh, NXT talent should not leave NXT at this point? At this point, uh, that is correct. They should not move anywhere. It's just so frustrating to see the, the, these great talents. And then it's just like a fart in church and it's just awful. It, it's, it's, so, it's monumentally frustrating. It's probably one of the things I'm most frustrated with. How can you try so hard and mess this up so bad? And, and it's not just like, oh, one time here, one time there. No, multiple examples of just blowing it. Yeah, no, it's it's very dissatisfying to see some of our favorite NXT talents not quite land on the WWE roster, and to, to most part, to to no fault of their own. Oh, Matt Riddle got to uh, he he's going to get to get into a program with King Baron Corbin, so he's got the rockets strapped on. Right, 
Uh, I think they're setting Riddle up to take the title off of AJ. If anything, they're doing Riddle right so far, at least from where it looks. Let Matt Riddle beat King Corbin, give him a pay-per-view win, and then probably set up a title match with AJ at SummerSlam. That's where I think they're going, and I think for Matt Riddle's sake in the main roster, that's a, that's the way most NXT call-ups should go. All right, let's move on to the third and final question in our Smacked Raw category. You didn't think I was going to get through an entire week without calling it Smacked Raw, did you? Uh, thank, um, thank you for not. <laughs> Nate, Becky Lynch appeared on the Bellas podcast this week, revealed quite a few things, including the story about Shayna Baszler. Uh, when did she find out she was pregnant? I have not heard this, uh, so I'm going to say uh, right after her feud with Shayna Baszler. Mm, that's not what I have here, but it's very, very close. Let's move it over to Shawnee. Um, what do you think? When did um, when did Becky Lynch find out she was pregnant? I'm going to have to guess just after the Royal Rumble. That is that is not correct. Good guess, though. Good guess. Uh, Justin, it's down to you. Becky Lynch uh, said on the Bells podcast when she re- found out she was pregnant. Uh, when did she say that was? I remember seeing this. I'm not 100% certain when I say this, but was it like a week before the taping of the WrestleMania match with Baszler? It was actually days after WrestleMania 36. Okay. So uh, no points scored on that particular one. Do you guys think uh, once Becky Lynch has got her first kid that uh, we're going to see her back in the ring? Uh, No doubt. I think... Uh, sometime down the line, I don't know how soon after I know Seth Rollins has been on her ass a lot because I think she wanted to do a little bit even after she found out she was pregnant and Seth had to, you know, put his foot down with that. Um, that just shows you how much she wants to be a part of it. Still, she's not okay with just having the baby and being a stay at home mom or changing careers because she's a mom. We've seen plenty of other people become a mom and come back. And I don't think Becky Lynch will be any different. Yeah, it really feels like uh, Seth Rollins going out and saying, well, who knows what, you know, things might change. It really very much feels like he's going out and trying to create a a desire f- to see Becky Lynch come back by just kind of dangling out like, oh, it may not happen. So, you know, I, I think that's. That's pretty interesting. The other, I did see something different from this interview that the plan was originally to have Baszler take the title off of her and then they were going to do a longer term program. And it's really a shame that that didn't end up coming to fruition because that would have been, I think, the best thing for Shayna Baszler and may have gotten her out of this rut that she's in on the main roster. Apparently, Vince just hates her. And uh, that sucks because she is incredibly talented. Well, I clearly have a hard time understanding both uh, the timelines of recent history and how pregnancy works after that last question. So asking me about the future is probably pretty reckless. Uh, I hope if she does come back, she brings uh, El Torito with her and he changes his gimmick to El Bebito. (laughs) Oh, that's good. That's good. He could be Baby Lynch. (laughs) We get him a bright orange wig. It'll be great. <laughs> All right, give me uh, give me some uh, points after two rounds, Erica. Where do we stand? Math is happening. Can you hear it? 
so as far as point totals as of right now, Justin is still in the lead with five, followed by Nate with four. Shawnee still yet to get on the board unless you made some sort of funny while well, I couldn't hear shit and were, were awarded points. I mean, Sean's always pretty funny as far as I'm concerned, but let's uh, let's move on to the third round. The uh, news and notes from around the ring. Sean, here's your opportunity to get on the board. Let's uh, start with the first question, which is all about the Good Brothers, Doc Gallows and Carl Anderson. Reportedly, they've signed with Impact Wrestling. However, their contract lets them allow uh, or allows them to work with which other promotion? Uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling. Absolutely. That is correct. So Gallows and Anderson going back to the uh, the impact zone as well as New Japan eventually, uh, potentially. We talked a little bit about this last week. Do you think um, do you think they rejoin the Bullet Club at this point or do you think they book them against the Bullet Club? It's really hard to say. You know, I, I don't know. New. I would ask Erica this. Has New Japan come out of uh, coronavirus into a very, very similar environment to what I would call the classic New Japan. Has things changed? I I, I don't really know. I've not, I've been off the I've been off the thing for too long. I'm afraid. Um, as far as like um, I almost said staff, uh, but no. As far as the roster goes, I mean it's been very you know Japan centric. I think the only technical region there right now is Zack Sabre Jr. Now, I mean, everything kind of depends on what Japan's criteria is for letting people into the country. So, I mean, as of right now, like they're kind of maintaining the virus, like they're making, you know, the correct steps in, you know, trying to, you know, get back to quote unquote normal. Uh, there's going to be fans in attendance at the New Japan Cup final, uh, which I think is in a few days from now. Uh, so who's to say, but I mean, as far as I'm concerned, I would love to see him back in bullet club again. I think there could be some interesting between them. And then maybe like Jay white, who's really kind of the de facto leader. Now, you know, there could just be like a, you know, we started this, you're still just, you know, to us, you're a new guy, blah, 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 blah. Either way, I, them back in their quote unquote home is nothing but good news. Yeah, I don't I don't know whether you put them with or against the Bullet Club at this point, uh, just because there's the, I don't know who is there that still ties them to the original Bullet Club outside of Tamatonga. I think both programs could be interesting for different reasons. Yeah, and I think because of what Erica just explained with how they have to take cautious steps with coronavirus, plus they're not full-time in either promotion, I think they would, at least right now, go the easier route to write, which is having them with the Bullet Club, because I think having them go against, you would have to put more time and effort into creating that and building that and making it make sense. And I think just the ways of the world and the business right now in the industry, I think you want to go the easier route with this storyline. All right, let's move ahead. Question two for Shawnee, uh, which ring of honor wrestler recently let their contract expire and is no longer with the promotion. Oh man, this is going to be such a bad week for me. Oof. You want to just throw a name out there and see if you get it. Nope. Nope. No, All I right. don't. All right, let's move over to Nate. Nate, which Ring of Honor wrestler let his contract expire and uh, is currently no longer with the promotion? 
that would be uh, uh, Bully Ray. That's correct. From uh, also known as Bubba Ray Dudley from the Dudley Boys. Uh, what do you think this uh, means for the future of Bully Ray's uh, in-ring career? Do you think it's over? Do you think he's moving someplace else? Where do we think we're going to see him again? I think he'll probably have one last run, but here's here's a dude that really doesn't need to get back in the ring. I don't know that there's a big call for him to get ba- get back in the ring. His best years, uh, his most intense years, his most extreme years are well behind him at this point. I think he's someone that's, you know, good to have in your locker room or good to have as a producer. I'm sure that WWE would be interested in him, you know, once the the pandemic is all over as maybe a, a backstage talent. Maybe he jumps over to AEW and, and helps them develop a little bit of a, a of a meaner product as opposed to, you know, leaning into the funny like they are now. I think all of those could be good decisions. But then again, he's also a host on Sirius XM. So uh, he's got more than enough options uh, for for what he does next. I think any in-ring when it comes to actual wrestling run is done for him. I think for the most part, he should stick to and will stick to analyzing podcasting that realm, whether that means he's joining AEW or WWE as a commentator, he's joining a show to just discuss the storylines, or he continues to just do the serious XM. The only way I can envision him back on screen um, and this would make more sense in AEW, is to be a leader or manager of a group or wrestler like Taz is to Brian Cage. I think yes. that would be interesting to see uh, him represent a wrestler against Taz's Brian Cage and watch those two cut promos back and forth. I think that would be a lot of fun. I think that's the only spot left for him on screen, at least. If AEW wants to dip their toe more me- more meaningfully into you know, the hardcore wrestling, that's a guy who has so much knowledge and talent in the area, uh, you know, both for making it look good and making it look like everything hurts. And also for, you know, uh, locker room leader, I, I think that he would be a, a, yeah, a huge asset no matter where he goes. I've listened to bully Ray discuss what he would be willing to do in the ring if he was to get back in the ring. And he very specifically talked about wanting to work with Marco stunt. Uh, what sounded like in a very similar way to the program he had with cheeseburger a year or two ago, which essentially is you have bully come in as the extremely mean heel and give this out of the box character, a chance to get himself over and triumph in a way that then brings that wrestler to the next level. So if we do see him in the ring, I expect that's where it will be working with Marco stunt specifically Uh, outside of the ring. I think that the comments that uh, my panel mates here have made are, are all very good. I think that a chess match between he and Taz would be very interesting. I think that he could add to all kinds of backstage on screen or off screen positions. And uh, I'm, I'm a fan of bully Ray. Man, can you imagine the money draw that Cheeseburger versus Pineapple Pete could be? <laughs> oh, that's amazing. I could picture the the poster right now. Just Does Pineapple go on Cheeseburger? Find out at AEW Fight for the Fallen. One of my favorite uh, moments at Fighter Fest was uh, when uh, they had to hold Jericho back from Orange Cassidy, and Pineapple Pete was the one person holding Orange Cassidy back. 
<laughs> All right, uh, Nate, you got that one, correct? Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, so the last question goes to you. Um, everyone remembers the Ascension, especially longtime listeners of uh, the One Fall Show podcast and many of our forums. We were big fans of the Ascension here at the One Fall Show. The super popular NXT tag team was buried to death upon moving to the main roster, but they're coming back to the independent circuit. What is their new name? Ooh, uh, I didn't see this at all. So I'm going to guess the Descension. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a, that's a healthy, uh, healthy guess. Shawnee, what's the new name of the Ascension? Man, I did read this, but it seems like it was ages ago now. It's something like revolution, right? Like they, they have ascended and now they're evolving. That's the sort of play on the, the play on words they were doing. It, it didn't sound very convincing in print, whatever the, the answer was. Uh, so I think that my belief in the ascension will continue to be very low going forward. I assume I got that answer wrong. That's why I kept talking. Yeah, no, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah, none of the words that you said was the words that I was actually looking for. So I'm going to give it to Justin for uh, one one last shot. What are they going to call the Ascension from now on? You know, Shawnee's uh, ramble of not knowing actually helped remind me. Uh, wasn't it The Awakening? That is correct. <laughs> Justin, getting the three-point questions every round of this game. <laughs> By the way, what a horrible new name. Like the Ascension was like middle of the road, but like the awakening, you've moved the needle, not an iota. Like it's just, it's so middle of the road. I, you know, doesn't inspire any kind of like, Ooh, I wonder what these guys are about. Just, eh. okay. Here's a, here's a mid card tag team. The only reason why I'm somewhat okay with this is because the Ascension, when they first came in or up to WWE, it was another example of WWE absolutely destroying them because their look, I think, is cool. Their aura at the time and their overall vibe worked, you know, needed in the tag team division. But for some reason, WWE takes every creepy, cool, mysterious character and turns them into a joke. Look at the Great Khali. Look at Kane. The Ascension became a joke. The giant Gonzalez. There you go. So, <laughs> I mean, it's just, they, they're scary at first. They creep people out. They're intimidating. They have this awesome vibe around them. And then WWE just wants people to laugh at them and wants them to crack jokes and be funny and all that. And that's what happened to the Ascension. So if they go anywhere else but WWE with this, maybe they can make it work. Erica, do you have any fond memories of the Ascension before we move on to the final round? Uh, before I, I wax philosophical, I just want to say I added 1.2 Shawnee's total for mentioning Giant Gonzalez uh, because <laughs> I appreciated it. Anywho, so that's how you know the room. Exactly. Uh, to me, the Ascension are the poster children of an NXT talent when you bring them up to the main roster. Like, I think. I mean, I don't want to speak for anybody here, but like to me, when you think of that concept, my mind immediately goes to those guys. They were red hot. They were beloved in NXT. And then they were brought up and just shit on. Uh, JBL came out of nowhere and gave him a clothesline from hell. Uh, you know, I mean, it just buried from the get go. I don't know why. 
Um, who's to say, you know, it's, it's Vince McMahon's head. Um, I know we, we all know he's not a big fan of tag team wrestling to begin with. So it's not surprising that, Oh, a tag team got buried by Vince McMahon shocker. But I feel like for them, even if they came up with a better name than the awakening, which I agree with Nate is weak sauce. Um, I feel like they've been so ruined by the main roster that they're fucked on the indies. Like they're not going to do anything like, like usually there's like, you know, you think of like a guy like maybe like EC3, he's going to go back to impact. I think he's going to make an impact at impact, even though he was buried to hell uh, on the main roster. Uh, but it, I, I just, you know, I, I just think there's no hope for those guys. Honestly. Yeah. I, I don't see anyone cheering him. Uh, I, like, is anyone excited for the awakening to hit the Indies? Is anyone going to be like, Oh man, it's those guys who got buried by JBL and like, no, like they're going to get booed out of every place that they perform at. And I hope they get used to it and that they can get themselves back over. Well, they're over with me and they've been over with me forever. So I'm interested in the Ascension. Erica, what's, uh, what's our point totals going into the last question. Going into final fall, we have Justin in the lead with eight points followed by Nate with six and Shawnee with dos. Still anyone's game, anyone's game at this point, because final fall, unless you change to Chuck, is going to be kind of brutal. And I'm not sorry about it. <laughs> That's true. Oh, good. Oh, this man. should go well for me. Erica, Erica has quite a question for the final fall. And this one's not going to work the way it typically does. Typically, our final fall question has one answer, which is worth 10 points, which means it can swing the game in anyone's fashion. This particular question has four possible answers, each worth two and a half additional points. Oh, so, so you want more than one answer if we have it? Yes. Yeah. Got each it. each answer. There are four answers. Each of them is worth two and a half points. And there is an additional some extra credit that you can get another two and a half points for. The semifinals of New Japan Pro Wrestling's New Japan Cup took place this week. For two and a half points each, name the four wrestlers that made it to the semifinals. And for an additional two and a half points, name the two wrestlers facing off in the finals of the New Japan Cup. I uh, invite you guys to uh, type those into the chat or into a private message for me. And uh, while you're doing that, I just want to say that um, once again, I hope Chris Statlander is getting better on the men doing well. And it makes me very, very furious. We talked about it previously that Vince McMahon does not get Shayna Baszler because I was actually watching a SummerSlam from a couple of years ago that opened with Chris Jericho and Kevin Owens against Big Cass and Enzo. And for a moment in time, boy, oh boy, were those guys over. I, I had forgotten exactly how excited we used to be to see Enzo and Big Cass until I got to see them do their entrance again for the first time in probably like five years. You know, I'm going to pose this question to the group as far as Shayna Baszler is concerned. Do we feel like Vince doesn't get her just because she's you know not pretty and not very feminine that's exactly it like that that is it i i have to believe because her talent is so obvious that i have to believe it's like her appearance that is what's holding her back and i think that's bullshit yeah i could see that i she's she's got a real physical style and um 
I don't think he's used to seeing a female have that kind of MMA style that he's so uh, in love with that uh, Brock Lesnar perhaps brings to the ring. Yeah, I mean, I think, Erica, you hit the nail on the head because Vince obviously led the Attitude Era where girls were going out in gravy bowl matches and in bikinis and getting as naked as possible. And yes, we are past that, which is good, but there's still that side of Vince that wants them to look good out there while also being good wrestlers. So, well, be a good wrestler, but if you don't still have the attractive look that in his mind, guys or anyone out there wants to look at and say that they're just good looking, whether they're good wrestlers or whatever, then you're not going to go far as long as Vince is around. If that's the case, Liv Morgan would be way more over than on her, you know, 46th losing match. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I think that that's definitely a factor. I don't think it's the entirety of it. Yeah, no, yeah. I don't think it's the entirety at all, but I think you have to have, that's part of the combination you need to have. Becky Lynch, attractive. Charlotte, attractive. Feminine. You know what I'm saying? Naomi had a run. Bailey, Sasha Banks, all these girls, they're great wrestlers. They're great, you know, in the ring and whatever it may be. But at the same time, they're also that attractive vibe that you could see. You could almost, if you put them in the attitude era, those are the type of girls that would be getting stripped naked in the middle of the ring for the crowd to yell at. It's just a factor. It's definitely, it's part of the combination you need to have. And I mean, let's be honest, Shayna Baszler was pretty much like built up as an opponent or a tag partner with Ronda Rousey. And since those plans got scrubbed, I think like there was just this like, I don't know what to do with her now. And, uh, you know, uh, that never goes well for a superstar whenever that happens, whenever the the plan gets changed, they either get thrown into something stupid or goofy. And I believe that, you know, Shayna's probably one of those people where if you come to her with a really stupid idea, she's going to let you know. Well, they did. Uh, she did bite Becky Lynch in her raw debut. So, yeah, OK. All right. Fair point. <laughs> you know who else would be a biter? El Babito. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So our final fall question about New Japan Pro Wrestling, because Erica wanted to make it very difficult. Uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling's New Japan Cup taking place this week. And for two and a half points each, we ask our panelists to name the four wrestlers that made it into the semifinals. Justin uh, at first sent me a message that said, what the hell, Erica? <laughs> and then said uh, he can't even come up with names and refuses to cheat and look it up. So the names he threw me were himself, Nate, Shawnee, and myself, which none of us are in the New Japan Cup. I'm sorry to report. I would have a hell of a time against El Tra uh, uh, Tranquilo. I would not <laughs> be true. winning those titles. No. <laughs> Look, listen, I told myself when New Japan came back, started to come back from COVID, that I would start at least uh, researching and being in the loop because of Erica, and I have dropped the ball thus far. But starting from this episode on, I will not drop that ball. No, there you go. That's that's why you got to pay attention to what's going on in New Japan, because you never know when she's going to throw that curveball. Just like you never know when I'm going to squeeze a Ascension or Impact Wrestling question into uh, the game. Uh, Nate, you've got some solid, solid choices here. Uh, you said Okada, Evil, Takahashi, and uh, Tanahashi. Three out of four. Um, oh, wow. Okay. 
All right. I knew two of those was, were, were correct because I saw a tweet with, uh, who was it, Okada and Takahashi. Right. Uh, you also said that you have no clue on the finals, so no extra credit for you. Shawnee, you uh, you also gave us some solid, solid uh, uh, guesses here. Evil, Okada, Takahashi, and the Castlevania guy. I'm not sure who you're referring to, <laughs> but... I'll give it to you. Uh, the final uh, you said is evil versus Okada, which is also correct. So uh, that scores you a full 10 points on that particular one. Whereas I believe uh, Nate gets to see two, four, six, seven and a half out of that one. So I will leave it to Erica to do the final math on this one and let us know who is this week's one fall champion. Now, for the record, uh, I don't mean to bring these questions out to be a bitch, despite what I'm sure some of you, Justin mainly, are thinking right now. Uh, <laughs> but I will say it it made things very interesting in in the end. And let me tell you, um, while the reigning champion is still the reigning champion. Cute. Yeah. There you go. Uh, it got dangerously close. Uh, third place, we had Justin with eight points. However, at this point, I do want to give you an extra bonus point for posterity for not cheating. And I appreciate non-cheaters. So, hooray, sir. So, actually, Justin with nine points, followed by Shawnee with 12, and then Nate with the first time we've had this, 13 and a half. Oh, so Ooh. close. Oh my God. We have to stop. We, I, I'm not going to try to take the belt away, but we have some conversation to have here. Who is the fourth person that neither of us got? And is it possible that that guy is Castlevania guy? It's Castlevania <laughs> guy. <laughs> it, it, you're asking whether Victor Belmont is in New Japan Pro. I don't know. Who is the is. actual fourth member that Evil faced in the final uh, match that they had? If you think Katsuchika Okada is the Castlevania guy. No, no, I said Okada. Evil Okada, Takahashi, and... Oh, Sonata. Sonata, the Castlevania guy. <laughs> Look at his entrances. That's the Castlevania guy. I'm not saying that I should have got this right. I'm. This is This is for me. This is This is for me to survive this next week going forward. I feel good about this. <laughs> As well, you should. I love a, a great uh, a great comeback story, and uh, this week definitely one of those. Nate, you're our seven time uh, champion. You got sixty seconds on the clock. What do you want to say? That's right. I am the seven time one fall show undisputed intermetaversal podcast champion, and uh, I just want to I just want to thank Erica because had it not been for you telling me to follow New Japan Pro on Twitter, I would not have gotten half of that last question. Evil was a blind guess, total blind guess. And there was no way that I was going to guess Sonata because I don't think I've ever actually seen him wrestle. Uh, anyway, my point is, is that this reign just continues and I'd love to see someone come for the belt. Shawnee, you came so close. You got 60 seconds on the clock. Anything you want to uh, let our listeners know about today? Get the, the stopwatch started and um do 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 is that even the Castlevania song? I hope so. It's an eight-bit song of some sort. And I am just going out of my mind. Thank you and good night. 
<laughs> Justin, you get the last word. 60 seconds on the clock. All right. First of all, I was completely jamming out to Shawnee right there. I was enjoying that. I was dancing. I'm all in for that. Number two, Erica. No, I'm not mad at you for bringing up New Japan. They definitely deserve to be talked about. Do I watch it? Do I follow it? No, there's so much wrestling, of course, not to throw any excuses out there, but I will be better. I promise. One thing we didn't mention that I want to bring up uh, back in WWE is Angel Garza and Andrade kind of going at it and this little whatever rivalry seems like they're trying to break them up. Listen, WWE, you have literally no room in the tag team division to be breaking anybody up. I don't understand how it it's not understood that you can have a tag team and still push one or both of them as singles competitors as well. Both of these guys can be singles competitors, but we need tag teams. Stop breaking up everyone you get together. Stop breaking up every group, every tag team, except for the Street Profits and a New Day, and just let if you want them to go their own separate ways, they can do both. It's It's been a thing in the past. It's possible. Erica, do you have anything to add before we close out tonight or today's show? Uh, yeah, I mean, I've just really enjoyed this past week of wrestling, I guess, getting sort of back to more positive stories. Obviously, we don't want to ignore some of the negative aspects of the world that all of us love so much. Uh, but it's been nice to see some excellent wrestling. Uh, whether it's in New Japan, whether it's in WWE, whether it's been in AEW. I know I've been working like crazy lately, and wrestling has provided me the much-needed escape that I've needed. So thank you, wrestling, for being you. Thanks, bitch. Erica, where can people find you online? People can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Erica underscore Bannis. How about you, Justin? Uh, that would be at JV underscore sports underscore talk or JV sports talk.com. Sports is back soon. I'm excited. Shawnee, where can people find you? You can find me on Instagram at Shawnee.constant and on Twitter at Shawnee Constant. And Sonata is not, I repeat, not the Castlevania guy. <laughs> and Nate, where can people find you online? You can always find the champ at Nate Benderama on Twitter. I am on Twitter at Chizuck Bean, also over on Twitch at twitch.tv backslash C-H-Z-U-C-K, playing Rock Band every Sunday and some other games during the week. My name is Chuck Bean. I've been your host for this week's One Fall Show and looking forward to coming back next week to see can anyone, anyone top the champ. I think overall that was very good. So wait, who's the Castlevania guy? Uh, now I'm just confused. I, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm trying to figure it out, but uh... Victor Belmont is the Castlevania no, guy. There's a New Japan guy that comes out and he looks yeah. like fucking Victor Belmont. Wait, really? Yeah, he's not even in uh, Los Gobernables de Japón. I, I don't. I, I can't think of his name, and I can't even think of keywords to figure out his name. I'm you got, too. I was going to say, you got homework for the next week to figure that out. <laughs> Erica's going to want an answer soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, As a matter of fact, Sonata is the wallpaper of the One False Show Twitter account, but I put that <laughs> so long ago that uh, I've lost uh, grasp on reality well, since then. Probably, that was probably when he had his mohawk back then. He's changed his hair, and let me tell you, uh, like, it broke my heart. I'm like, no, why'd you get rid of your mohawk? It would look great. So 
I don't know who Victor Belmont is. I don't, I've never, I'm like Castlevania. I don't know. I'm a girl. I don't know this shit guys. So I'm looking at, <laughs> I'm looking at photos and I'm like, he kind of reminds me more of like evil or um, Doki is Doki who you're thinking of. Doki might be the guy. Mm, I don't think so. I don't think so. It's Yano. It's Toro Yano. It's definitely not Yano. Although uh, <laughs> I think that uh, had he have been one of the final four, we'd all be more interested. That's that's fair. Can, can I tell you what what got my attention about uh, uh, about the finals is uh, uh, Takahashi's uh, punk jacket that he came to the ring with. Like, there's that is a fucking old school punk jacket if I've ever seen one complete with like the painted on fucking logos and shit. I am such a fan. I'm such a fan. No, he's so cool. Like he, he always looks awesome. And I love like seeing him next to Naito, who's just aloof. And then here's like just this walking graffiti painting. Oh, look at them. Aren't they cute? (laughs) Has anyone had, uh, the final of American Bash spoiled for him yet? I heard about it because one of the Indusheer guys had like put it up on Instagram. Right? Yeah, yeah. I had to remember Indusheer because I was like, uh, uh, "That's definitely going to be a fucking question this week." <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's funny because I was actually going to take the fall on that question because I read the headline and I refused because I am so looking forward to that match. I I love the booking of that. That's awesome, um, and I refuse to get spoiled on that. Yeah, I'm I'm lucky I haven't gotten spoiled on. That's it why yet. I asked because if anyone hadn't gotten it spoiled for him yet, you obviously deserve to not have it spoiled. Yeah, no, I'm so looking forward to that match. Everything about I love both of those guys, so it's great. Uh, But man, you're you're fucked. If I mean, that's like number one no no, forever in the business. Yeah, you might as well. Yeah, they're just gonna bury them. You might as well pack your bags and find a new job. Oh yeah, they're they're gonna be buried for. I mean, do you you realize they haven't been on NXT the last what week or two? Um, and did they even have their actual like match debut? I I thought they just ran in on. Fuck, who did they run in on? On 205 Live. I can't think of the guy's names, but didn't they just run in on someone on 205 Live? I'm almost positive they did. I think I saw an interview. I definitely as the, watched As the only person Live. here that watches Impact, no one watches 205 Live. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's actually more true than Impact. I'll give you that. Uh yeah, no, I think they're a hundred percent buried. I mean, that's I mean, because Ugh. they used to, you know, tape SmackDown all the time. It's always been a thing. And the number one rule, do not spoil the product. Just like any movie yeah. or any TV show, do not spoil the product. How ignorant are you? Like, that's just horrible. And they deserve, I mean, they deserve any bearing they get because that's just ignorant to not know the number one rule of being in the business. It's too bad. I really, I like the look of that tag team a lot. As Shawnee used to say in our intro, kayfabe motherfucker. Exactly. Uh, so who's uh, their guy, their manager? Uh, was it Malcolm Bivens? Who they gonna? Who's he yeah. gonna manage now? Because he ain't managing them anymore. <laughs> oh, that would be that would be a tragedy. Because I think that people are gonna find that Malcolm Bivens is a really entertaining guy. He's a guy I got ah, to see yeah. evolve uh, several times, and he always brought the the heel heat out of the crowd in a way where we walked away knowing that we were getting got by the guy, but he's so charismatic. We loved it. And uh, he, he really rolled with some punches and you could see over the years how he got more and more and more over. 
Yeah, I'm a fan of that guy for sure. I think he's fine. I, I no matter what they end up doing, you know, in this situation, if they bury the tag team or not, I think they'll just push him to manage someone else. Well, I'll be excited to check out uh, his performances when uh, the Evolve Library hits the uh, hits the network. Right. Yeah, there you go. Totally happened. We called it. Oh yeah, I was going to say we we said that last week. It was the only it was the only move that made sense for them. Do you think do you think they're going to run it as a promotion or are they just taking it for the tape library? For now at least the tape library. I think I mean, I think it, it would be, I mean if they hold on to the brand name, I think that that would be a really good um, you know, cuz WWE doesn't run house shows anymore. It would be a really good kind of like developmental since NXT really isn't your developmental brand anymore it's been elevated now to the third brand you need some you do need something to like you know test people out. honestly i'm so glad you said that because i think chuck and i have talked about this in the past they just need to make nxt the third brand and i think this is their opportunity to do it that way because i'm sorry but calling keith lee from nxt to raw doesn't feel like a quote-unquote call-up it just doesn't No. so i think if you mix in some wwe talent on wednesdays and just make it the three show war between those three brands um and let evolve be your call-up you know pool I think that yeah. makes the most sense. I don't think that'll happen for at least another year with the way the world is right now, though. Right, right. No, I, I mean, I totally agree. And I mean, you know, look at the way that people are now, you know, managing and negotiating their their contracts. They're looking to stay with NXT. You know, Undisputed Era would probably do very well if managed cor- and booked correctly uh, in a main roster situation. They know what's up like they're and they're wanting to stay with NXT and develop it as, uh, you know, help develop it as a brand. Uh, I, I I think that that's what needs to happen. It makes all the sense in the world to me that they would uh, evolve would essentially become what 205 Live is now. You know, you could mix it would be a more high octane, a little bit more of a professional wrestling feel, and it would have a lot more legitimacy than they were ever able to get with the cruiserweight division. Yeah. They could stick it on the network and make it a network specific thing like NXT was for so many years. Yeah. Erica, yeah. I hope you're proud of me during this conversation. I'm sitting on my phone following anything and everything New Japan on Twitter. It's the sweetest thing that <laughs> anyone has said to be in like a couple. So actually, yes, thank you. I do appreciate it. Uh, yeah. well, I mean, shit, just, you know, hop on my Twitter, see who I'm following and just follow those people. So right, like, yeah. it makes sense. I was I was thinking about you while I was doing it anyway, so I might as well yeah. just be on your yeah, page. like just just creep on you know who whoever I'm following, which I mean you know not that exciting. It's just a bunch of musicians and wrestlers. It's a very bizarre list. Well, Erica, in fucking life, let me figure out who the Castlevania guy is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah now I want to know. That's your homework this week is to figure out is to send us the video clip of why that guy is the Castlevania guy. I do remember Cody at one point in New Japan coming out in like the Simon Belm or the the uh Dracula coat. Damn it, it's not Cody. I would have well, remembered I'm, that. I'm right. I'm, I'm assuming that's not what you're thinking, but I, I, I certainly wouldn't have guessed that he was involved. Come on, man. Help me out here. Listen, this may sound very simple, but did you try Googling Castlevania guy, New Japan? I, I sure did. <laughs> All right. Just make, a turn. just make sure we check no, that out. That's totally worthwhile, list. man. No, I totally see why that would uh, that would be a concern, and, uh, and I respect you for it. 